This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining. As always, we have a lot to jump into in this episode. We're going to be taking a look at the earnings calendar this week, and I'll be picking and choosing different companies that I want to share my updated opinion on and give you a little bit of a preview before we go into these earnings. Now, just one note before we jump into the earnings week, there's going to be a lot said over this week, a lot of trades, a lot of crazy news. Remember to stay grounded investments change from quarter to quarter. It's not always the case that you need to sell a company if it missed earnings by a little bit and it trades down. Focus on the long-term fundamentals of the company. When I look at earnings and I look at the companies that I own, like Costco or Disney, I would have sold out of many of them if I really was trading in and out based off of quarterly results. But I look for the fundamentals. Are the fundamentals of the company still on track? Is Disney still growing as a company? Is Costco still opening up more stores? And is the business in good standing? That's what I look for, generally speaking. When we look at earnings calendars, the important thing is to find anything that really would materially change the ultimate destination of the company, meaning things that have a real impact on the long-term future of the company. All the other little stuff in between. Whether these companies have an earnings surprise, whether they fall short on revenue, or whether some metrics a little bit off usually doesn't mean as much over the long-term future of the company. Now, let's start off with the big tech company, the social media company, Facebook. This is by far the most interesting company that's going to be reporting their earnings very soon. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, they may have already reported earnings. It's just a matter of how quickly I can get this video uploaded and and, uh, published. But let's go ahead and talk about Facebook either way. And you can see um, you can see what happens and compare it to my thoughts here. Facebook was one company where it had a lot of concerns leading into this earnings because of Apple's new privacy policy changes, where now users can hit the little button saying, hey, I don't want you to invade my privacy and track me from app to app. Apple did that, and they're the good guy in this situation. They're making it so companies like Snapchat and Facebook can't track you in a very invasive way. But that does have an impact on companies like Snapchat and Facebook. They can't track how effective their ads are to any degree that they used to. Because most people, the huge majority, like 80% plus, are hitting the button that they don't want to be tracked. Because there's no reason why people would, right? So this is a situation where I initially thought that Facebook, because they had such an advanced warning of these changes, they've known that it's coming for around a year, that they would be able to implement creative ways to work around these changes. And I thought that Facebook would be creative enough that this really won't impact their earnings that much. That was my initial thesis leading into this quarterly report. But then we got Snapchat's earnings. And boy, was it bad. The stock gave up 25%. It plummeted 25%, giving up a year's worth of returns because they didn't earn as much money because of Apple's privacy policy changes. So Apple, in and of themselves, with these new changes, completely trashed Snapchat. They really brought down their earnings. And now that makes me believe that there is a chance that I may be underestimating the effect that Apple's going to have on Facebook. Maybe it will have a real effect. So now I'm a little bit unsure. What I am confident of, though, 
is that Facebook is worth more than it's trading at right now. I truly believe it is. The company is trading down because of a lot of, I think, temporary news. There's the whole whistleblower report, the person going in front of Congress and testifying of how big and bad Facebook is. There is a lot of documents, thousands of internal documents that were leaked to the Wall Street Journal called the Facebook files. And they're releasing this like it's a season of television, right? Every week, there's like a new Facebook file that shows how bad the company is. A lot of these things, I think, are very much exaggerated. I've read through every one of them from the Wall Street Journal. And what I see the Wall Street Journal doing here is taking the data and portraying it in the worst possible way. Facebook is also hated by the media and journalists at large. So they're continually pouncing on Facebook. Right now, there's 30 journalists, 30 of them, working on a coordinated hit piece against Facebook. That's being constructed, and they're going to be releasing that probably right before Facebook changes their name. Now, all of this bad news, a combination of the concerns about Apple's privacy changes, all the continual hit pieces from the Wall Street Journal, the whistleblower on Capitol Hill testifying against Facebook has caused this stock to come down a little bit. It's come down around, let's see, 14% from its all-time highs. That doesn't seem like a lot. It's not a Snapchat-like drop. That's a good amount for a company like Facebook, which if you look at the fundamentals, and we're using Qualtrum Insights here, you get access to this if you join the Patreon, but if you look at the fundamentals of Facebook, this company is as solid as it gets. It has a huge moat. It has a massive network effect. It has economies of scale. It has optionality and room for growth. The PE ratio right now is in the mid to low 20s. The revenue growth is incredible with this company. In 2016, it was earning $7 billion in a quarter, And last quarter, it raked in $29 billion. That is revenue growth. This company has very strong revenue growth, and it's only going to continue to go up. Not only does it have revenue growth, it has EBITDA growth. It has free cash flow growth. The company is highly profitable with huge net income growth. This is what takes that PE ratio down so far. The last time Facebook had any debt was back in 2019, but they paid that off. They carry no debt now. And while having zero debt, this company carries $64 billion in cash. And of course, we have massive earnings per share growth and their shares outstanding are steadily declining. Everything with this company on a fundamental basis, with the actual company, their growth, their margins, their market share, their market opportunity, everything is incredibly strong. The stuff dragging down this stock is all of this stuff. The documents, the drama, the Capitol Hill, the whistleblowing. This is the type of stuff working against this company. So overall, with all this information, my take is that Facebook is good value right now. I think the company's currently trading at good value if it trades down because of the earnings report and because of temporary reasons, a short-term hit on their EPS or something like that, it's probably an even better buying opportunity. I really think that it would take something really dramatic to change the course of this company because right now, I feel like Facebook is unstoppable. The media doesn't like to think so. The media and the journalists think that they can stop Facebook. I don't think so. I think this company will continue to generate enormous profits. Now, moving on from Facebook, we move into Tuesday, which is tomorrow. And then tomorrow morning, we have UPS reporting their quarterly earnings. I want to give my quick take on UPS. And it's not a bullish one. I'm actually very bearish on UPS as a company. I don't think it's an immediate threat. I don't think that shareholders need to stress right now or sell out of the company immediately. That's not what I'm saying. But over the life of this company and the future of UPS, the company in and of itself is a logistics company which benefits from the enormous moat of a network effect. That's the moat that UPS has. And Amazon is working to undo that moat. And in my opinion, it's only a matter of time until Amazon surpasses both UPS and FedEx, 
and completely consumes these two companies. I think it's only a matter of time. And you might think that's a bold prediction or a big prediction that Amazon will literally surpass them and consume them in logistics, but I think it will happen. The more I learn about Amazon, the more I learn about how aggressively and rapidly they're building out their logistics and fulfillment centers. They are doing it much quicker than UPS or FedEx. Amazon is going to control logistics in the future, and they will grow so massive that I think that UPS and FedEx will be the small players. They'll be like the small startup companies compared to Amazon. I really think it's only a matter of time. Unlike Amazon, UPS and FedEx do not have AWS, this high margin profit generating flywheel that's going to continually fund their logistics infrastructure spend. Amazon has this flywheel, this massive revenue stream to continually pour back into logistics that UPS and FedEx simply don't have. So in my opinion, again, it's only a matter of time until UPS and FedEx get consumed by Amazon, and I think it might happen quicker than investors are expecting. Now, moving on from UPS, we have JetBlue, and I just want to mention a note on airlines in general. I'm not interested in JetBlue's earnings because I'll never own an airline. I'm never going to be investing in an airline. I think that they are amongst the worst investment opportunities possible in all of the equity markets. Airlines make up some of the few companies that Warren Buffett has ever lost money on. Think about that. Out of all his many investments, airlines are where he lost pretty big, $7 billion. That's not usual for Warren Buffett. And the honest truth is, is that airlines are just really weak businesses. They're really not strong businesses. They have low margins. They have no revenue growth. They're not resilient during times of recession or pandemics, and they carry massive amounts of debt and fixed costs. There's really not a lot to like here. There's also people like Pat Dorsey, a fantastic investor that actually came up with the moat rating for Morningstar. He's the one that really built that rating. And he explains in depth why airlines are terrible investments. And Peter Thiel refers to airlines as perfect capitalism, a business where all profits are competed away. So with JetBlue reporting earnings, I'm not going to really be paying attention to it, because I have no interest in investing in this company. And then next up after JetBlue, we do have a company that I'm buying, which is Microsoft. And this is a company that frankly doesn't get as much attention on YouTube or social media because it's so boring. It's just such a boring company. And I apologize if you're a Microsoft employee, but it really is. You sell software products like Teams and Office and things that have been around a lot, and that's kind of boring. But what isn't boring is the steady and consistent returns of this company. It's up 41% year to date, 41%. That is incredibly good performance. Other companies that are up less get a lot more attention than Microsoft because they're more flashy companies with more flashy products. But Microsoft is this earnings beast that continues to grow as consistently as possible. I don't know how people are more focused on this company. It's seriously incredible. My prediction is pretty simple. I think that Microsoft will be earnings because they almost always do. They haven't missed earnings once since at least 2017. That's pretty consistent. Now, one thing that's actually illustrated with Microsoft in their revenue chart is how consistent this business is. Take a look at this revenue chart. Have you ever seen one more consistent than this? There's a couple SaaS companies that look similar, but at this size and at this scale, I don't see any companies with this consistent of revenue. It's seriously incredible, and their margins are just as consistent. They just continue to grow, zigzagging quarter by quarter at bigger and bigger amounts every single year, and every single fundamental with this company is moving in the right directions. Increasing revenues, increasing EBITDA, increasing free cash flow, net income, 
decreasing debt, increasing dividend. The cash on hand stays steady at $130 billion. Their earnings per share growth is astronomical at this point. It continues to expand rapidly. And of course, their shares outstanding is declining over time as Microsoft continues to be a very shareholder friendly company. Microsoft is trading at 308 right now. That's gone up quite a bit over the past year. And I know that we have anchoring bias. We look back and we say, God, it's gone up so much. Have I missed my chance with Microsoft? Well, I think the company is worth 350 right now. That's my analysis on it. I truly believe this company should be trading around 350 based on how resilient it is and how much it's going to give back to shareholders. I've been buying more of it during the 280s and 290s, and I'll continue to just dollar cost average into this company until it hits 350. Now, another company that I'm strongly bullish on is Alphabet, which is Google and YouTube. This company is one that on the short term, quarter by quarter, it's much more difficult to predict than Microsoft. Microsoft has that really resilient subscription income. It has the SaaS model. And Alphabet, like Facebook, works with advertising revenue. And that is far more difficult to predict on a quarterly basis. But investors would do better to just buy heavily into Alphabet, buy this company as much as you can, hold on to it, and completely ignore the earnings report. I really think that they'd have a better outcome if they did that. Because the long-term prospects of this company are phenomenal. It has a huge runway of growth. It has multiple platforms and monopolies. The company is as solid as it gets. And it's been a great performer. Over the past year, just year to date, it's up 60%. This is incredibly good performance. And you don't hear much talk about Alphabet. The company doesn't get talked about much in the news, but it's incredibly good performing. And I actually still think that it's at a reasonable valuation. It's not trading at any crazy PE ratio. The Ford PE right now is 27. It's not anything too high. It's a little bit above the market, but it's not too bad. It's right there a little bit higher than Facebook's. So Google, even though it's up 60% year to date, I still think it's decent value. The revenue growth historically has been very strong, a little bit less predictable than Microsoft, but strong nonetheless. And then every other fundamental, you can go through them. They're all as solid as it gets. The company continues to expand aggressively. Their earnings per share growth has grown enormously over the past year as more of the advertising revenue is put on platforms like Google, YouTube, Facebook, and these newer digital platforms. That's going to be a long-term tailwind that will continue to support this business for, I think, at least a decade into the future. So Google, again, is a company that I think you could buy into heavily, ignore the earnings reports, and just hold on to the company for five years and probably make really good returns. Now, also on Tuesday, after close, we have Visa reporting their earnings. This one is similar to MasterCard in that they're both duopolies. They both have very strong moats with a strong network effect. That's the big moat that Visa and MasterCard have. Now, I don't know the specifics of Visa's earnings report. So far, their performance has been underwhelming this year. But the way to think about Visa or MasterCard is that they're kind of a toll booth on global digital spend. So anytime there's money being spent digitally with cashless payments, it's more than likely that one of them are benefiting from that spend. So as the economy grows and as more people move from cash payments to digital, it makes sense that both these companies grow their revenue and they grow their income. There are some threats to them, though. There's companies like PayPal and Square. There's Buy Now and Pay Later. There's lots of other tools coming out financially that I think could threaten Visa and MasterCard's profitability in the future. I'm still bullish on them. I still think they'll have a positive return, but I do think they're going to be slowed down by the proliferation of other payment options. Now, moving on to Wednesday, we have a couple companies that I think their earnings reports are very interesting. I'll be tuning into them. Spotify is one of them. This is a company that I'm very bullish on. I think this company will do really well, and I know it's not a popular investment, 
because they have many challenges. They face all of big tech as competitors, especially Apple. Apple's really taking it to Spotify. And Spotify also has the challenge of paying an increasing amount to the music companies, the music royalty companies. So Universal Music Group makes more and more money as Spotify grows. These are challenges, but I don't think that they're insurmountable challenges. And the company right now trades below a $50 billion market cap. It's a $48 billion company that's growing its revenue 20% year over year. They have 365 million monthly active users and 160 million monthly paid users, premium users. So they have a massive user base and the company really hasn't came up with a lot of different ways to monetize their user base, which I think they can do in the future. So my opinion, Spotify is one of these companies where the future is very unknown. It's a little bit more speculative, but I see it having little downside based off its user base and its revenue growth and a lot of possible upside. I do think it has a lot of optionality. So I'll be paying attention to their earnings report. Now, in addition to Spotify, also on Wednesday after market close, Twilio is reporting their earnings report. And this is a company that I'm very bullish on. And I think that many retail investors don't really understand what this company does because it's not really public facing. So you don't really interact directly with Twilio. The company builds out communication tools for developers and for companies to use to build out their own internal communication protocols. And they are the go-to de facto option for doing this. They built out this comprehensive platform of communication services. And the way that they bill the company is much like AWS, where it's usage-based billing, meaning the more that the company uses this product, the more that they get paid. And you can see that Twilio has more and more customers using their products more and more. This usage-based billing is reflected in their incredible revenue growth. You don't see many companies growing their revenue this quickly. From 71 million a quarter in 2016 to last quarter being $668 million. They're still growing their revenue year over year by around 60%. So it's growing massively and the total addressable market for this company is also massive. Now Twilio currently has a market cap of around $64 billion, which seems very expensive. The price to sales is 28, but I don't think this is too expensive. I actually think this company right now, I, I know a lot of people are gonna give me a lot of flack when I say this, I think Twilio is undervalued. And I think over the next five years, that will become apparent. It won't be in the short term. The stock goes up and down like crazy in the short term, but give it time. In five years, this type of company with this type of product, with this type of usage-based billing and the area that they're competing in, I think this stock is going to go much higher in the future. So I'm personally very bullish on Twilio, but this is a very volatile stock. So if you invest in it, be prepared for that volatility. Now, moving on, we have to talk about some of the companies on Thursday. Shopify is reporting earnings before open on Thursday, and this is a company that has perplexed many investors. I've been hearing that Shopify was overvalued at $70 billion, grossly overvalued. People told me it was crazy to invest in Shopify at a $70 billion valuation. Well, now just a short year later, the stock is trading at $177 billion. It's added on $100 billion in market cap. Here's where investors have been wrong on Shopify. When you're trying to determine the value of any company, like if you're doing a discounted cash flow analysis and you're trying to run the numbers and see how much a company is really worth, by far, the most important metric is called terminal growth rate. There's two basic components to terminal growth rate. One of them is how quickly will this company grow? And the second is how long can the growth be sustained? Those are the two most important metrics of determining a company's value. How fast can the company grow and for how long will that growth be sustained? Now, Shopify's terminal value has been much higher than investors have ever anticipated. Their growth has been out of this world. It's like it defies the laws of physics and gravity. Just a couple years ago, in 2016, 
They were making $86 million per quarter. All right, not even $100 million per quarter in revenue. And then we fast forward to 2021, they're bringing in $1.1 billion per quarter. This is growth. This is sustained growth for year after year after year. Usually companies grow their revenues and then it starts to slow down. In the case of Shopify, it just keeps growing. So it makes sense to me that the stock price is so high. There's something about this company. They figured out something that has caused them to grow far past even the wildest dreams of the most enthusiastic investors. So Shopify trades at a premium, but I think so far it's justified. Now, of course, after that, we have some companies that are a little bit more of the dependable dividend payer companies. I think these ones will do just fine. I own a little bit of Comcast. This one has been okay. It's been a good performer so far. I'm not really enthused by this business though. I don't really like being a shareholder of Comcast. Honestly, it's probably a company that I'll be moving out of sometime in the future. Now on Thursday after the bell, we have some more big tech companies. Apple's reporting their earnings. And this one is one that I really don't care too much about the short-term earnings. I'm looking more at the big picture of the company. I think that the earnings could be impacted by supply chain shortages, chip shortages. So right now, Apple's seeing a lot of delays with fulfillment. And I think that this is a temporary issue. This isn't a bad thing for Apple in the long run, but it's a challenge they're facing right now. Now, Amazon's another one that's reporting earnings after close on Thursday. Now, the story of Amazon over the next five years may not be the most exciting story. I don't think the company's gonna do anything super revolutionary, but I think the big story here is margin expansion, something that will make the company far more profitable than it already is. The company has many ways to become more margin efficient, meaning they have automation, they have efficiency, they have logistics that they can invest into, and all of those things will make this company a more lean and efficient company. And like I pointed out earlier, I think that they'll eventually surpass UPS and FedEx, and I think they'll become the biggest logistics company in the world by far. One of the most incredible things about Amazon, if we take a look at their fundamentals, one of the most insane metrics to look at is their earnings per share. Their earnings per share was either flat or negative for literally 20 years. And then it had this breakout earnings per share growth around 2017. That's really when they started to see the benefits of economies of scale and their massive size. But even with this EPS breakout, even with this massive spike, I still think that Amazon has ample room to improve their margins and increase this EPS even further. So I'm still very bullish on Amazon, even with their perceived high price. I think this company is going to do great. I'm not too worried about their quarterly report. Whether it's good or bad, I'm going to assess the long-term prospects of the company. Now, a few others I'll mention on Thursday as well. Starbucks is one of them. This is a very solid company, great brand name, it has a cult following. It's trading at a 30 PE ratio. I think that's a little bit expensive considering the growth of Starbucks. It's a pretty mature company at this point, but people are paying for that brand value and that very stable company. Now, the last stock I'll mention reports their earnings on Friday morning, which is Abvi. This is a company that a lot of dividend investors hold because of the high yield, the high amounts of free cash flow, but this company does come with some notable drawbacks, mostly the staggering amount of debt that they have. And it's a pharmaceutical company, which I think are more difficult to do analysis on, to know how their sales and how their growth works. It's just a bit of a different beast than most other companies. So I've actually been in the process of trimming my position in AVI. I feel less knowledgeable of this industry overall. And so I want to minimize my exposure to areas that are, frankly, 
outside of my competence. I don't want to be investing in areas that aren't in my circle of competence. And since I've come to the realization I don't feel fully confident with pharmaceutical companies, I've been really limiting my exposure to them. So I'm not expecting a whole lot from their earnings report. So that's my thoughts overall on some of the biggest companies reporting their earnings this week. And I'll give you another follow-up video if anything crazy happens with these earnings. I'll give you my reaction. I hope you enjoyed the video and I'll see you in the next one.